I bought it for two seventy, which again that's compared to that big townhome two to that's like sixty k more. But bought it for two seventy. Guess how much it's worth now? Five hundred. Four. Oh, a little bit over four hundred thousand. So if I bought it in August in twenty twenty one, we're about two years later. So that thing went up at least a hundred and thirty k in just just like less than two years. It's worth like four twenty, four thirty, something like that. Yeah, so at least a hundred and thirty thousand in two years. Certain things, my old company had a private jet. And so it was awesome because I could jump on that and I could go see my parents in New York. And so there's so many benefits at big companies um that are priceless, but you don't have the freedom as much because you're always gonna be reporting to somebody, you know, unless you're the CEO, which that's who knows if I will be the CEO so I doubt it. So, but, you know, the thing is, um, welcome to another episode of the Hour of Change podcast. And as y'all know, um, the conversation is predicated around entrepreneurship, personal development, and today it will be no different. Um, and the reason being is because after this hour, you will never think the same. You never move the same. You never work the same because you will be inspired by the conversation. And actually, this conversation today will be a bit different because a lot of the conversations we have on this platform is usually around people that are fully engulfed in entrepreneurship. But this one is different because we have a guest that's transitioning into full-time entrepreneurship. So, and I think this is a, a fun conversation to have because there's a lot of people that are in this phase right now of transitioning into it fully into it so um, i think this would be a good conversation to have a good okay. conversation to have um so miss alicia how are you doing today i'm good did i say it right alicia 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 okay yeah. okay alicia not alicia okay good good yeah. good sorry i get it um, really <laughs> i get a lot got you um first question if you want to get invited to a networking event right and um let's say they give you a chance to speak they hand you the microphone, you're walking up on stage. How do you introduce yourself and tell people what it is that you do? What do you say? Yeah, that's a good question. That just happened to me the other day, and I, I'm into so many things, and some of them are on different levels where I'm just starting. Some of them are, you know, things that I started years ago that are I'm learning every day still with. And so, um, yeah, with different levels, I sometimes don't know where to start. Um, for years, I've always sold technical products in a corporate company. So I worked for a company for like six years, um, worked, you know, a normal eight to five job. So typically within that sense, and when I'm talking to people at that kind of event, I say, you know, I, I sell technical products and I've been uh, an engineer for six years or six to seven years for five Olympics. Now, when I'm talking to some sort of like someone like you or someone in uh, at a networking event, like I was saying the other day, I typically go more for um, one, my shoe sneaker business, you know, because everybody loves sneakers. And so I'm new to Houston. So I want to explain like that I'm a plug. I can get, you know, any shoe, any, um, I get a lot of clothes and stuff like that. And it's all with factory connection. So I usually say that, you know, I am a sneaker plug. 
and I also do real estate. And with that, you know, you say you do real estate. People always think, oh, you're a realtor. Not a realtor yet. I want to do that next, as I was telling you earlier. But um, I'm an investor. And so um, for certain reasons, I started when I had money saved. I wanted to start investing in it and I had invested in stocks and that, you know, your 401k and all the, the different accounts, Roth IRAs. So I've had that for years, but it's not fun and it's not really tangible and it's hard to manage, you know, so unless you're like into stocks and you know how to control them. So yeah, I've got that stuff, but I really wanted to start investing in real estate because that's really what I'm passionate about. And, um, you know, if you were to ask me in 10 years, what am I going to be doing? It's going to be more real estate. Okay. So, but yeah, I mean, like I said, on top of that, um, I I hook people up with like the tools and whatnot. But then I'm growing the real estate and which goes hand in hand with my Airbnb business. I want more Airbnbs, but I have to really master this one big main Airbnb that I'm um, working with right now in charlotte and then along with that um i would like to get my real estate license because i know a lot of people so selling houses i love to buy houses it's so much fun so you know why not sell them that's that's um something that i see myself doing as well that's a whole lot of things you got going on yeah and then with that i have some friends that have a truck driving company so they tell me every day, come be a broker, come be a broker. And I know there's huge money in, you know, you meet people all the time nowadays, young entrepreneurs like us that have um, truck driving companies, which is huge. Um, when COVID happened, shipping and all, all of that logistics was really important for the world. Right. So these guys, I'm very close to them. Um, they actually, you know, we've been doing the shoe thing for a while and stuff. So, you know, I might go that route and, and start doing brokering things with them. But with that comes along with shipping cars. So if I sell someone a house, I can help them very easily move, you know, get a load where they I have a van come pick up everything. We we move everything to wherever the destination is and they ship their car to and um different things like that. So yeah, when you have one thing, you can kind of break it up into very different pieces. Right. So I want to ask this question because I've heard that. I've heard that it's hard to grow something if your energy and time is into different things. So how, how does that work? Like, which one is growing the fastest? Because... I guess it's like if you're chasing two rabbits, you can't, you won't be able to catch them. Yeah, yeah. So, and I heard with growing a business, you have to be focused on one thing, get that one thing to where you want it to be at, and then diversify. So, for, in, in your case, I see you are in the shoes, you got a shoe business, you got an Airbnb, you are in real estate. Um, how does that how do all of those different things work for you? Yeah. Do you ever see any one of those businesses getting less attention? That's a good question. Yeah. So, so first of all, yeah, it's just me. Everyone knows it's like I'm like a young single female. I wish that I could have like other 
you know, have people that work for me sometimes or work with me to like fully, you know, two people, like I said, my truck driving company friends, there's two of them. They run the business together. And when they make decisions, there's, you know, they have two very smart minds. With me, right. I'm just like, sometimes I don't, I don't know who to go to for advice. So I post on Instagram all the time. You know, I need a handyman. I need a contractor. Right. I need a cleaner. I need someone to, today I posted, I need someone to mount this big, giant, very heavy stoplight ASAP in the Airbnb. Like there are certain things that I'm like, so I would say the answer is when I have so many things going on, one, yeah, prioritizing what um what's important. For me, my customers with shoes and um that's that's like super important because if someone if I'm supposed to be getting someone a sneaker um and I have it in my possession, I want it out. And I was just telling someone the other day, I I won't stop no matter what, if I have work or whatever. I and I will stay up until five, six in the morning sometimes to make sure I need to do everything and get those shoes out because that's a huge priority. So um, the shoes take up a lot of time and stuff, but it's it's something fun. It's something on the side. I don't use it to really make money. Um, otherwise, I'll market shoes up triple than what I sell them for. And so, yeah, typically with the shoes, um, I'm doing that to hook people up for the low and just kind of like, get people right it's helped me with networking and stuff like that so shoes i i really prioritize that now between the hours of eight to five i'm always working but on my lunch break or if i can run to the ups store or the bank i'm always going always like doing different things um when i'm about to be under contract or moving into a new house and um trying to make sure that the deal goes through I'm doing like calling like different places. Yeah. So so the answer is people, right? People are always um, very helpful, especially when I'm running a bunch of stuff in Charlotte, but I'm in Texas across the country. So um yeah, I look up to people. I pay a lot of my friends in Charlotte and a lot of um, I have a really good friend that's a contractor. He does all kinds of handyman work. So I'm in contact with him every couple of days. So contractor, I have some really good cleaners and they're not just cleaners, they're good people that I trust. And so um, sometimes I'll have an Airbnb guest say, I had one the other day. He said, there was not, there are no knives. I need knives for cutting steak. I need knives. So I Amazon Prime some knives to this girl that I've become very close to. And then she goes and I delivers the knife. So um yeah, when there's all kinds of one-off things that I do with every day, I did just get um, I did just get an assistant, and so I kind of have him take care of different things. Um, a lot of times my phone is blowing up with shoe requests and things like that. So I have started to shift a lot of that to him. Um, tenants. There was a while I had I had three tenants in a condo, and. I mean, they were calling me every day until, like, sometimes it would be, like, four in the morning. They're calling, calling, like, hey, this and that. And it's just kind of all kinds of different things. So now, um, for most tenant situations, um, unless it's super urgent, I have him. I kind of filter everything through him. So he's the property manager. He's the person that's 
in contact with my PO boxes. James you know, I, I've taught him how to box up the shoes and drop them off. And I've told him this is all fair. It needs to be done quick. We can't wait a couple days. That's so, so yeah, it's um things like that. But I think people are very, very awesome. The people in Charlotte that I have and, you know, now new connections here. Um, so he takes care of both businesses. The uh, I have a shoe business and the um, and the uh, real estate side thing, sort of. So, one another person I almost forgot, he is killer in Airbnb, and I needed him. And I don't know if my Airbnb was gonna crumble without him because this is an example of you know, I'm trying to do. My daily like engineering job. I'm flying out to Dallas at least once a week, doing all this other stuff. But meanwhile, what's going on with the Airbnb? That's a full time job. You have to have someone that's running it, analyzing it, making sure the the guests are happy, the bookings are the right way, so you know you're making money and things like that. Right. So this guy, um, I just hired him maybe two weeks ago. I know it's my birthday. It was about two weeks ago. So he, so it was like the day or the day after, um, someone referred me to him. He's actually here in Houston, and I'm like, my Airbnb, it needs. I don't know what's wrong with it, but it's not booking well. Right. And because you know I was in it, and then now I'm here, and you know I have cleaners, but how you need someone if you are doing all this other stuff, you really need someone to analyze the airbnb and have experience with airbnb i'm a new host i just started in march or April. right so yeah this guy it's turned my airbnb around um he's a great co-host he's got about he's got about like a 4.8 4.94 out of like 800 reviews wow so yeah he's killer and and because of that you know airbnb is going to respect him because He's right. he's proven himself. He's a super host. So um, since he is on my listing, he doesn't even have to do anything because he's connected to the listing. Right. When people book, they're like, "Wow, this person has good reviews." So it's been booking like crazy. I had someone book for a nine days stay recently, and it's all because of him. I've had in September. I had two bookings. I hired him. Boom! It was like. Back to back, my time to get in there at you know every couple of days. So That's yeah, good. so my cleaners are like, oh my gosh, like this is it's like night and day. Right. So I needed him. So he is crucial. Um, my assistant who I just hired, he's he's learning. So hopefully he'll get um he'll he'll get uh, kind of familiar with with running different things in the way that I want them, and um. Then, yeah, my cleaners and just all my friends and connections. It's easy for me to pay them, um, you know, through like Apple Pay or something like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, to digress a little bit, you said that you off, sorry, you said that you just moved to Houston. Where you moved from? Charlotte, North Carolina. Is that where you're from originally? No, so I'm from New York. I'm from upstate New York. Um, most of my family's in the city. So I spent a lot of time in Philly, Jersey, um, in you know near the city. But 
I lived upstate most of my life. So a lot my whole family is like upstate. Got you. And then so how did you end up in Charlotte? Uh so I went to school and played lacrosse, went to a small school down in East Tennessee. And um after I worked for the government. So after college, um I was selling cars, I was selling I always been in sales, so I was like selling like I sold Verizon files, which is the fiber optics, but I was going like door to door and like doing all that, selling, you know, the people that sell vacuums and Mary King. I've done all that. I sold right. windows and doors. I sold all kinds of stuff. So, um, yeah, I I worked for a company where I was selling aerospace and defense equipment and life sciences supplies. So, like, missiles and stuff that goes into NASA, like, for the spaceship from just crazy different things that, um, you know, protect and help our warfighters overseas, like guns. And if you have ever seen the movie uh, War Dogs, that's... I haven't seen it, but someone told me I should watch it. Yeah, it's a good movie, and you'll actually see in the movie that they explain the yes, government. Because War Dogs where some guys had a government contract to sell guns? Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay, okay yeah. Exactly. I haven't seen it yet, but they told me to watch it. Yeah, so they're, so it's kind of like wild, right? They make it kind of Jonah Hills in it, and it's a funny movie. But if you actually think about it, like, what they say in the movie is right. They, um, the government is going to contract smaller companies. So I worked for a third, a, uh, third generation service disabled veteran owned and pubs on a small business. So what that is, is my CEO is a third generation service disabled veteran. And then we were in a pub zone in Tennessee. So that's like a, like an underdeveloped area. And so the government, um, you've got these big contractors, Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, Boeing, they make planes. A lot of people know Boeing. Yeah, yeah. But North of Grumman, all these um, big contractors, they're selling stuff to our allies. So I was working with like Japan, Italy, and we're selling them different things that they use for their military defense. So I learned a ton, and that was when I really started becoming technical with like we would sell these certain systems um that were used within like the the helicopters and the these um joint strike fighters. So like it looks like a spaceship. And so I was selling all kinds of stuff like that. But I really didn't want to be in Tennessee. I'm a like a city girl. So I wanted to be in like Atlanta or Miami or something or Texas, you know, Dallas, Houston. So um my boss kept telling me, go to Charlotte, go to Charlotte. So he actually gave me like a very generous severance because severance kind of confused. He's like, look, I know you don't want to be in Tennessee. Go to Charlotte. And I'm like, Charlotte? You know, I didn't know much about Charlotte. But he was like, go to Charlotte. There are so many um, new um, young business people and like young entrepreneurs and people that are into business development. Because what, what, he just kept saying I was like the definition of business development. He's like, go there and find a company or work from work there. So um, I started working for it's like my dream company. It's called Corning, and they make glass. So they're a glass company. Um, they have all different divisions. They actually made the first light bulb that Thomas Edison created. So um, man, like solar panels, 
um, windows, Pyrex, like, you know, the brand Pyrex, all that corny pool. But um, they make like beakers for life sciences. They make um, catalytic converters for cars that have all kinds of automotive divisions. But so they're kind of like a Google or Microsoft for glass, like anybody on glass room would know. But fiber optics were invented for them. So fiber is underground and it's deployed so that you can enable cell service, Wi Fi um, within a building. You've got Cron, you've got all these uh, different technologies. And that's, and that's what you're doing right now. Right. The eight to the nine to five is fiber optics. Right. So I worked for Corning for like six years. And it's a great company. Um, I knew that they had a brand new headquarters going up in Charlotte. So I interviewed the places and then ended up working for them, Charlotte. I was in there in Charlotte for, I was in North Carolina for about five years, five or six years. I worked for them, almost six years. And um, I wanted to, I was in sales, so I was selling I was selling to like IT directors at like the Denver Broncos and Minnesota Vikings and all these like sports teams. Um, a lot of the hospitals, universities, stadiums, any type of headquarters building that has a data center, I was um, helping them to design the infrastructure. And so I I did like sales and And uh, I wanted to move to so bad. I was moving to um, Phoenix, and we, we were working with it, but I just, I couldn't, um, yeah, I, I ended up just not being able to be located. So I left to work for a different company to be located here. Got you. So now, now you're in Houston, and you're working the nine to five. Yeah, and... What I do there is very different from my old job. So I'm a strategic account manager, but I'm literally designing and engineering the fiber that's deployed for companies like AT&T who are um, putting up, you know, people are building tons of homes in Dallas, Houston, Austin, like all over. And I'm going on site and at the construction site, making sure that they are deploying the fiber and hooking it up. Got you. So the, the, the way I want to take this conversation is how do you manage your businesses while doing yeah. that? Yeah. Because, you know, like you said, you are, you have an Airbnb, you have a condo. You said a condo or a duplex? Yeah, I have a condo in, uh, in Charlotte with tenants. And then I have my Airbnb over there with that running right and then a duplex over here um i'm working i'm working on that and then i have my real my actual home that i live in and i just bought that and you have your shoe business yeah so how do you manage all of that how how because that seems like yeah a lot for one person well you did say you have an assistant now yeah and I, i mean he just started maybe a week ago so so he's very new um, and he's been doing well, but, um, yeah, I mean, people message me all the time. I use Instagram, right? I use, um, social media to network. I mean, I'm so grateful for all my customers and they've referred me to so many people and, uh, Instagram, it just kind of like blew up. Like once I started, you know, hooking people up with shoes, um, they were referring me to their friends and family and then, 
you know, I have a lot of family and friends that play, um, you know, in professional sports. So a lot of the NFL teams and NBA teams and college football, um, some, some of my favorite customers have like hooked up like the whole team. So, wow. yeah, so I've had a lot of good connections from, from Instagram, really. That's like, amazing. Meeting people. And then, yeah, I just, as they come through, so as people say, hey, I need this, hey, I need that, sometimes there'll be like a referral of four degrees. I had a guy the other day, he's like, where are my shoes, where are my shoes? I'm like, did we meet? Like, how do I know you? And he's like, well, this guy referred me to you. And I'm like, okay, I don't even know who that is. So I looked it up and he was referred by someone else. Mm. And that person was referred by my boy who I actually know in California. So it's like all these people live in like LA. And so I'm like, so he referred him to right. this person. <laughs> and, then that, and then I realized down the line that, yeah, a lot of people, it really spreads. So, which I'm very grateful for. 100%. Um, I want to talk to the to the young lady guy that's into shoes, and they want to get into that industry. Okay. What what kind of advice you have for that young lady that want to do the same thing? She wanna she's into sneakers just like you are, yeah. but she don't know how to start, where to go, who to reach out to, who to talk to, what should I do, how should I market? Yeah. What's the prices to sell them for? Like yeah. What what's, what's some advice you got for for that person? So one thing is, um, you'll see with clothing and shoes and all that stuff right now, um, it's definitely hot. You know, you go to any city, Houston, L.A., New York, Chicago, Miami, uh, you know, you're going to meet a lot of entrepreneurs that run their own clothing stores and shoe stores. And um, they probably everyone has like a different, um, you know, a different way of running their business. With me, as you can see, I kind of... Um, a couple, a few years ago when I started doing this, I kind of, uh, you know, connected to a lot of factories overseas and so, so I, I think my relationships with them are very important. Um, so I know how to maintain that, but at the same time, work with customers. So um, if someone is into, you know, starting their own business with shoes or clothes or something like that, I would highly recommend that they get a good supplier um, and they get um, you know, good prices that they can work with and work with right. their clientele because that's how they're going to make money. But um, yeah, customer service is important. Um, prices, you know, always use StockX, Go, um, all those, all the, the uh, like in, in Charlotte, we have a lot of stores. And so if they walk into a store and they see, you know, shoes are going for, twelve hundred dollars or something but they're really getting them for like two three hundred like if they sell them for five or six hundred yeah they're not gonna make that much they're making a little bit every few but they're not hitting people on the head for you know someone's trying to pay like fifteen hundred dollars even celebrities i sell to a lot of rappers and um a lot of very well-known singers and rappers and stuff and even they're not trying to pay you know these crazy prices so that's my thing i try to just you know, treat everyone equally, show love, and, and just be same. fair. So I would I would give that advice to someone who's starting. Now, you did say find a good supplier. How do you find a good supplier? What's the step to that? Uh, with that, you kind of you have to be plugged into certain certain people, certain things. Um, 
a lot of rappers have told me, look, I get everything um, at uh, retail, like everything's super cheap already because that's because that's who they are. So it's like with me, um, I had to buy the suppliers. I had to purchase the, you know, the connection to get to them. But um, yeah, I mean, sometimes people do. I know a lot of people that resell shoes that will go buy them in mass amounts or something. They'll go buy them and then they will mark them up or something like that. So it's kind of up to up to them. Got you. Um, what's how do you? What systems do you use to manage the shoe business? It's a good question. Because oh, that what I got in my mind is. 60 people, 80 people, 100 people messaging you all day long about shoes. How do you manage that? Like, what type of internal system do you use to manage that? What system do you use to manage your profits? Like, how do... And the reason I'm asking these questions is because I want to give some valuable information to the person that want to get in this industry. They want to get this started, but they don't know the ins and outs of it. So, yeah. how, what's yeah. your... What's your take on that? I would say, um, so first of all, I'm pretty old school with, I literally, last night I had my calculator out and I was, I do a lot of like math. I went to school for business management with accounting. So I'm I'm pretty good with money and I always know like if some money is missing somewhere, I always, I'm, I'm good with that kind of stuff. So with different things like the shoes or something, I, I'm a big like, Google Docs kind of girl, so I've got them all on on my phone, spreadsheets. Um, the people that I supply and that I work with, I have on hand like albums of shoes that I have on hand that are ready to be, you know, sold. And so I have, um, I share, I use like Apple, Microsoft, all these free things that they offer. Um, Instagram, I love reels and ads, and you know, I I push my my page and then a lot of people will message me and they'll say hey what's this about you you have properties for rent or hey i'm looking for an airbnb in charlotte i see you have one so i'm i need to automate things a lot more so i don't really have an answer right now for really getting into this and having an easy automated system for everything but i would say um i use google docs a lot i use spreadsheets a lot even for my bills like i have mortgages, HOAs, then all the Duke bills, the AT&T and all that. So um, for my typical bills, I'm a big um, uh, advocate for like budgeting, like just printing out your budget and filling it in and knowing like this is where my money's going every, right. every month. So a lot of people, that's kind of what I'd like to offer next is maybe doing a course or something on a mix of like budgeting and investing i've had a lot of friends and people reach out to me saying like how one how do you manage all this stuff but how do you how do you budget or how do you invest your money like i don't know what's invested in so i'd like to start offering that because um building your resume and cover letters and um different things like that i've always kind of wanted to help people with that so i would say for my systems i'm pretty I use pretty basic like Google Google Docs and um just like old school systems. I keep a binder, rearing binder and I, I file things and 
when it's the first of the month, I sit down and I know I've got all my passwords and everything written out for each mortgage. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I like the fact that you said that I don't have to answer for that right now. That's because sometimes people, they want to seem as if they know it all or they have all the answers. But for you to be that transparent and say, hey, I don't want the answers right now for that. Like, I applaud you for that so much. Seriously, because a lot of times, especially being in this position in an interview setting, a lot of people come off as if they know it all. And for you, but I don't know right now. Yeah. Maybe they'll hit me up tomorrow like, hey, I found an answer. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I would say I kind of laugh about it, but I always tell people like, Man, like this is what I do. I I've run it pretty well, but I kind of run it just enough to where, yeah, I'm very busy and I could probably save time and automate things and and things like that. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely still working on that. Um, same thing with like just having properties in general. I want like my next the next thing I want is um really want an Airbnb or some sort of property. Puerto Rico. I love San Juan. Puerto Rico, and I want to go buy something over there, like cash. That's one of my goals. Um, I I need to focus on getting a duplex here. Um, right when I get my real estate license, which is so I have stuff everywhere, right? So it's like I I want to focus on getting my real estate license, um, so I can help people buy houses, help spread knowledge, and help them build. Maybe they they want to be a young investor and they want to start buying things. So I want to coach them on like, this is what you should do. This is all the lending stuff. This is what you should be putting down. This is the loan type you should be doing. All that. I love to educate people. Like I could sit on the phone with people for a long time and explain that stuff. Right. So anyway, that's gotta package that up into a course, no. Yeah. So like so I wanna become a realtor and help people to, you know, get their get their own investment stuff and stuff. But when I do become a realtor, my next step is to go find something that tenants are in and buy that um, because, you know, you've got long-term tenants and it's like Monopoly. So, right. and I always loved Monopoly and like the the whole, I was always good at the game when I was, when I was younger. And so anyway, that's why like my Airbnb in Charlotte is actually Monopoly themed. So I have some huge, I've spent probably three, four thousand dollars in the last couple of nights, um, up at like four in the morning looking at monopoly themed stuff that you can't get here. It's it's all made in China. And stuff, so it's gonna be really cool. I'm excited to to uh, basically make my house the only monopoly house in the country. The only monopoly themed Airbnb. That's amazing. Yeah, I want people coming from everywhere to come see it. But one thing I've learned is it takes money to make money. You know, I, I'm sometimes I'm kind of cheap. I'm like, oh, well, Facebook marketplace furniture and things like that. I like to save money. But yeah, I've learned you like to hire an interior designer, an artist to do things. Um, Someone to mount that big stoplight I've got, like things like that. They're going to cost a lot of money. So yeah, so that's kind of another thing where I'm learning. Okay, what can I... Where, where can I save money and where am I just going to have to say, you know what, like, it's a couple of thousand, just find it because it, it's going to come back. Well, with, with all that you just said, I got so many ideas in my head, like, right? for us to collaborate on. Yeah. Uh, one of the things is where you said that you want to start teaching people 
um, how to right manage all that stuff. And you said that you have to start automating stuff. I'm actually working on something right now that um that I want to propose to business owners in the realm of like automation and like our uh, systems and stuff like that. So I'm definitely once I get it all ironed out, I'm gonna propose it to you. Yeah. And uh, um that way it 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 allow you to leverage more of your time. Yeah. I leverage more time. So I'm definitely um. I'm in the process of getting it all ironed out right now, so I'm gonna definitely run it by you once I do. And maybe that's something we can collaborate on as well. Once you decide to uh, run the classes or the courses, I can yeah. come in and you know teach that part of it. We could package it all together as one thing. Yeah. Um, I think that'll be pretty dope. Yeah, and one thing that I love about Houston is it's such a big city, so you meet so many entrepreneurs and young people that are running businesses and doing like very cool things and so um my friends are promoters and they have this um they have a big promoting company where they're just running stuff in Houston like they they work with celebrities they work with big clubs and um, What's the name of their promotion group? um this one's the ink from hmm. and so will I mean he's he's uh the main guy and he he can get a lot of people together and so so recently we had like Man, he would know the exact answer. Probably 40, easily 40, 50, maybe even 60 girls and some guys to come to audition to be bottle girls, um, uh, DJs, uh, promoters and things like that. And people were coming from everywhere, like wow. um, Florida, Vegas, New York. Like I was meeting all kinds of people. And um, it was fun. We were like judges and we got to we got to. Um, basically meet all these people coming to to move to Houston to do this. But the other judges that I met, um, they all had great businesses. One of them, she's um, she's a publicist. One of them, uh, she works for a big clothing brand. Um, another girl is a model and a lawyer. Like some of them, they had like some really uh, interesting things going. So they would be into that too, you know, photography. One guy had his own clothing brand, like things like that so, so it's inspiring yeah it definitely is i want to kind of shift the conversation into the real estate part of things where you said you have um a condo mm -hmm. um you bought a condo in 2021 2021 in um charlotte yep okay tell me about that deal how did that come about yeah man. that's a good question because uh that's like it wasn't for me. I mean, it was my first house, and so so that I bought. So it was a big deal for me, but it's really a big deal because I didn't want it. So I'll explain to you. Uh, COVID happened, right? Um, long story short, there was PPP money about that No, 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 no. But COVID happened, and during COVID, it was so cheap to buy a house. Like in Charlotte, the market is really rising. So long story short, I had locked in this house, little townhome, super cute. I had it at 210, okay? Like 210,000. Then I was just like, oh, I don't know. Like this is before I was in the shoes or anything like that. I was just working my, you know, eight to five job. And um, I I didn't end up buying it. I went back and forth for like a month. I'm like, oh, I don't know. And, and people weren't buying. So I was kind of being greedy, like, well, 
they're not throwing in the fence. They're not doing this and that. And so I didn't end up buying it. My roommate at the time bought it. And those houses are worth at least, at least like 400000 right now. They're, wow. they're right downtown, right on Grimm Street, like right down the street from the Panther Stadium. So, I mean, that's one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made. If someone asked me, like, what's the worst mistake in investing you've ever made? I should have bought that thing. And wow. so from now on, when I see something, I'm not picky. I'm like, you know what? No emotions, emotions aside, a house is a house, and that's an investment. Until I get like my, uh, my dream home, my forever home, which is gonna be a while. Like a house is a house. Yeah, if there's something wrong with it that I can fix, like oh, I don't like the walls or whatever. Like that was a brand new house, and it was perfect. It was cheap, and I. So, was, so you didn't buy it. So I didn't buy it. So fast forward a year later, I'm just like. Okay, now I actually really want to buy a house because I have all this money saved. Man, I probably had 100K in the bank saved. And so, and I'm like, just sitting on it. Like, why? And I was young. I was like 2020. I don't know. I was like 22, 22, 23. So I'm just like, I need to go buy a house. Well, this time, there's no houses left. The inventory is low in Charlotte. I looked everywhere to buy, like, a, and I always want to be in the city. I live in the city. So I'm like, plus for investing, like, the your equity is going to go up faster if you're closer to the city, especially in a growing city like Charlotte. So I end up buying a condo. And I, and I didn't want it. And I was, like, looking all over for a house. But I looked and looked with my realtor at the time. And I'm like, you know what? And he said, look, you want it as an investment, right? You just have to live in it for a little bit. It's really like, just look at it as an investment. So I did. So I bought this condo. It's in a building. Um, It's a nice place. It's the, you got a condo for? I got it. So this is this is why I'm so passionate about it. Because this is actually my baby. It's my first my first house. I bought it for 270 which again, that's... Compared to that big townhome, that's like sixty k more. But bought it for two seventy. Guess how much it's worth now? Five Four. Oh, a little bit over four hundred thousand. So if I bought it in August in twenty twenty one, we're about two years later. So that thing went up at least a hundred and thirty k in just just like less than two years. It's worth like four twenty, four thirty something. Okay. Yeah, so at least 130000 in two years. Then you go look at the other place, the townhome. I wanted to get out of the condo. I was like, man, I hate this place. It's, it's a condo. I want a house. I want, like, a garden. I want a garage. Um, Yeah, so I go to get a new house, a townhome. That thing was like I closed at five ten. It's worth like seven fifty, seven sixty now, and I just bought that a year. Wow! So that thing went up at least two hundred thousand in a year, like just a year. So that's why I believe in investing because one, you're gonna get cash flow. You know, I've I've always had tenants in that condo. It's in South Park. It's like ten minutes from the city, so it's a good area and it's a cute place. But yeah, I mean, um, you're gonna have cash flow each month, but it really doesn't matter if you're cash flowing two hundred or a thousand a month because you're at the end you're gonna see so much equity and that's like your real buy. So so 
as an investor, if you have multiple houses, you're sitting on like a lot of gold. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't matter if we're in a recession or if the market goes up and down. People are always trying to buy. And right now, they're not really trying to buy because rates are so high. And stuff. So I believe I actually have a tenant that's signing. He's, he's in there until November. He's like, I really like this place. I want to stay in it for a year. So I know in November of 2024, the rates and stuff got to be different by then. But yeah, by then, it'll just it'll be maybe 500 hopefully right. so soon that's good yeah that's good so i went from hating that condo to i saw the equity wow you know, this is actually all right that's dope that's so i dope. guess i tell people that all the time because you know if you can't if you only have like a little bit and you're really you're trying to get your dream home and you just can't just get something and take that money and let it fuel your next home and your next home and your next home got so you one day your dream that's the way it works. That's the way if you can't afford to get the thing that you want, get something less and just let that build up until you can get what you want to. Yeah. Make a lot of sense. Make a lot of sense. Um, so we touched on the Airbnbs. We touched on the real estate. We touched on the shoes. Um, you know, we touched on how you just manage all of that thing going on, which is kind of yeah, right now. Yeah, and I I actually just started my new job in July, and I moved out here. So July, August, I've been with my new job for about almost three months, and it's very demanding. Um, I've noticed that I'll be honest, it's my first six figure job where I'm making like way more than in my old job. It was like it was very. And I was with them for so long, so I could do whatever I wanted. I could right. go run out to go get my shoes and go do things at lunch. It's when it's the my man. boss was the bomb. Like at my old job, it was like so chill. But now, yeah, I mean, this is a definitely the guys that I work with. Um, they have over forty years of experience, so it's like it's a Swedish manufacturer of fiber optics that competes with my old company. So there is me. And then two other guys. And these guys have been in the industry for, like I said, 40 years. Everybody's retired pretty much. So I'm the only one that's like this young girl. And they're trying to teach me so that I could get to the top and be like a, maybe a VP or so. something that you want to do? I don't know. <laughs> got you. To, to be honest, um, I'm so passionate about real estate. And in my heart, I can't wait to become a realtor. And, and help people with their investments. And I love running Airbnbs and it's fun. That stuff is really fun. This job is cool and it, it pays a lot, but um, do I want to, do I want to do this forever? I don't know. I think um, they have a vision for me to, you know, eventually get to the top and travel to Sweden a lot, maybe London a lot and Australia. So we have big manufacturing plants everywhere and um so that will be exciting because but you also do it with your own stuff too you know, places with your own stuff with your own real estate right your own Airbnb. you could have an airbnb in london in london or something so, Monday, yes. yeah so I, I like i guess to put a bow in this to tie this all up um I, what would be the deciding factor of when you are going to go do 
both things or just fully immerse yourself into entrepreneurship into what you got going on? Like, what's the deciding factor? It's like, hard. Yeah, because if you just say, I'm just going to do my entrepreneurship stuff, man, you, um, I'll be honest, my health isn't good. And I, and I'm like very open. I'm all down with people. So I need benefits. I need uh, certain things. My old company had a private jet. And so it was awesome because I could jump on that and I could go see my parents in New York. And so there's so many benefits at big companies um, that are priceless, but you don't have the freedom as much right. because you're always going to be reporting to somebody, you know, unless you're the CEO, which that's who knows if I will be the CEO. So I doubt it. So, but, you know, thing is, um, one thing is you asked me earlier, how do you introduce yourself? And that kind of rewind back with everything. When I talk to people like at that, you know, I walk into a networking event, I would um, introduce myself as a young, um, learning, new entrepreneur and a, a new young investor because I don't have 12 houses. I don't have, I don't work with a lot of these people. How that, old are you, Rima, me ask? I'm 27. Gotcha. I just turned 27 like two weeks ago. So Happy belated. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. But I always make sure I say like I'm a young investor because I'm not this crazy, like, you know, investor with all these cribs and property management stuff. I've dealt with a property manager before. I had hired them and they demolished my condo. And that was just one property. So it takes me a lot to trust someone to, um, manage certain things gotcha. especially like the shoes and stuff but yeah eventually you have to let go and let it let someone manage it so, because otherwise you're gonna go crazy yeah burn yourself out so to answer your question um i i have like a lot of deciding factors. right one i have i have a lot of big next steps and goals that i want for like investments airbnbs and stuff like that but i really need to master having the one airbnb and master and have my my other places under control with tenants and i'm i'm getting there i know how to do the leases and i know how to do lending stuff when i'm going to buy a house so i think i'm almost done with understanding that it's just my regular job is what fuels me to be able to do the other stuff so it depends. Once I have, I would say once I have about six properties that are generating revenue and there's not large bumps in the world. How many properties do you have right now? I have three. Three properties. And I'm working on a duplex. So almost four. Once I have like six or seven and I six know. Six or seven? Give yeah. me a number. Be specific. Let's say seven to be seven. safe. Okay. So, yeah, so once I have seven, including the one I live, so six, you know, leases or Airbnbs that are fully self-sufficient to where I have like the managed or right. whatever and they're going or I can manage them and it's easy. That's probably the cutoff where I'm making enough money to feel more and let go of the, the eight to five. And it's, start focusing. There's going to come a time where your business is going so much, and both of those, your job and the business, going to be demanding times. Like, which one are you going to do? So that's why I'm asking, what's the deciding factor? Because you told me, you know. Yeah, I would say 
once I have six um, properties that are that are being able to be managed, I've had a time where they were all bringing in tons of money, and then I've had a time where nothing. I had I've had eight tenants before, and this summer I had zero. And I was paying the mortgages. Wow. And if anybody follows me on Instagram, they already know that I was posting the the condo reels and stuff every single day trying to fill it. And it was just that, you know, we're in a recession. It's a hard time for some people to be like some people just aren't looking to rent. And um, yeah, so I've had a high point of my time before in real estate and a very low point. Point where so I was, yeah, exactly. Highs and lows, yeah, comes and, with it. Yeah, so I can't just quit my job and risk having to pay all these mortgages and not having any income. So once I've got people on leases, I have property managers that I trust. Might. Yeah, one day. Yeah, I think so. I mean, right now, it it was like it was really really up, and then then it was really bad, and then I moved to Texas, and now you know what? Picking up you know why I say you, you make good because if you quit, and I'm gonna tell you to quit. I'm just thinking. Yeah. If you quit, it's gonna force you to work and put your time into. It's it. gonna force you. What you gonna do? Gotta take care of it. Yeah. Well, maybe because you have the safety net. It's like okay, I can still. Yeah, but that's a conversation for a whole nother time. That's a whole nother topic. Yeah, yeah. whole nother topic. So yeah, right now, like I think overall, I'm just I'm learning. I'm I'm still um, happy with my eight to five. Of course, financially it helps. Um, I learn things. You know, they always say we go to school and we learn whatever. But really, once you're in the actual job, that's where you really learn. Same. Learn how to how yeah, to experience. Yeah, and so. Um, anyway, yeah, I think like social media helps a ton. Um, everything from my shoe business, all the people, um, they end up helping because they know who I am. So once people see my Instagram and so then they trust me and they know, oh, she has an Airbnb in Charlotte. And, you know, I'm thinking of an example. There was a guy, he's like, oh, my, my homeboy, his, his girl wanted to run out a whole Airbnb have a party. He's like, oh yeah, I know at least one. Okay, for right. So I think that like once you have different things, yeah, it might be hard to manage, but they kind of all play off of each other. Gotcha. And so, yeah. So my advice to anybody, no matter if they sell, let's say they sell cars, they work at a car dealership. But every customer that comes in, you could sell them something else. We could, you know, sell them shoes or or. You know, if you do Airbnb, give them your card for that or something like that. So, I mean, nowadays we're in a recession, so I think it's important to always have multiple streams of income. You're very well versed, very well, and, and I just wanted to let you know that. Thank you. Let you know that. But um, as we wrap this conversation up, I just wanted to say that uh, I'm excited for your journey. Everything that you got going on, I, I, I'm excited for your journey and I'm excited to see how you implement systems and processes for all these different streams of income that, like you said, they all can be self-sufficient. The shoe business can be self-sufficient. Airbnb can be self-sufficient. Real estate can be self-sufficient. That way you can leverage more of your time and go and create more and more and more things. Yeah. So I, I'm very excited. I did think that this is an important conversation now because I've 
I believe that it's people out here that's dealing with the same thing, mm-hmm. with having a job and trying to navigate entrepreneurship at the same time. Right. And by you, you know, coming here and talking to me, I believe that it does give people some clarity. I do appreciate that. Yeah. And, um, I'm excited for some stuff that we can potentially collaborate on as well. Yeah, yeah, so, me too. That'd be good. Um, before we go, uh, I went to Atlanta to to a networking event. Now I, I stayed at the Airbnb, and I met this guy down there, the owner of the Airbnb. We had a conversation. I told him about my podcast, what was going on. And the following morning, he brought me a sheet of paper with ideas that I can add to my podcast. One of the most brilliant minds I've ever One of the most brilliant minds I've ever met in my life. And one thing in that paper really stuck out to me, which this segment of the podcast is forever dedicated to him. And um, which reminds me, I need to call him because we spoke for like an hour or maybe two hours that night. Um, Because I'm very inquisitive. I'm very, I I just like to ask questions. Yeah. And um, the thing that stuck out to me was it said, the world is listening. If there's one piece of advice you give to humanity, what would it be? I want to pose that question to you. Yeah, I know exactly what I'm saying with that. So one piece of advice. So everybody's struggling, right? If even if you know they they own their own business and they're running it well, or I mean they might have no job and they don't know where to start. And that's really where I'm where I'm thinking of because I've met a couple of people recently who said, look. I, you know, I played overseas basketball or I did this or that. And um, now I'm retired and I, I don't know what to do. Right. And so when people are at a down, like I said, it's up and down in life. Right. right? When they're at the bottom and they're like, I'm working a job. I had a girl just the other day call me and she's like, I'm working this job. I think she, it was like a marketing agency that she worked for. She's like, I don't like it. So I would say if there's one piece of advice, you know, no matter what, you know, you, you don't have a job or you're not happy with your job or, you know, even if you have a business or something, but you just feel like you're at the bottom, I would say, look, there's always something else. So if you need to keep that, keep your income coming in, do that, but don't be afraid to branch off because there's so much that you can do. You see all these guys out here with Forex and um, doing credit repairs, right? I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, met, yeah, yeah. I've met all these people. I know one guy, shout out to Jarrell. He's like my boy. He's killing it because he has um, a whole mentorship on on credit and credit repair. And these people, um, you know, you can do anything, right? So that's basically my point is when you're at the bottom, find something. I know these guys that get paid so much money to just travel. They literally just travel. They're in Thailand all the time and Japan and stuff like that. And they make these crazy reels. So do do what your heart says. Like if you know you're creative, don't be afraid to save up your money and go rent an apartment and turn it into an Airbnb or something. You know, do do something that takes the creativity out of you and is able to, you know, put some fun in because yeah like me you know you might have a job that you're 
you know, you're just kind of working just because you feel like the money is good. But if you're not really happy and you're missing that piece, like the, you know, deep down the fun part, you should always do something that you love to do. And it doesn't mean you got to quit your old, old job and go find there. So you could keep it, but always just know you can do something else and you can do something that's going to, um, that's going to basically satisfy that piece of you that's like, I'm missing out. And so for me, shoes was great. Like, I love, um, you know, I love shoes and stuff. So shoes and bags, working with girls to get like their mom, their dream bag for their birthday or something. There's much more than just like the sale and the, the actual shoe and the physical aspect of it. It's like, what's fun is really talking to people and doing business with them so then you have another business let's say you're a realtor they know they're like oh yeah i'm gonna trust her because she knows what she's doing so anyway overall long story short um my advice would be you know if you're really at the bottom and you feel like you have no job or something sit down and you can talk to me i'm always available i love to talk to people about all right what are you passionate about because you can take something that you're passionate about and, and make yourself some good money 100%. 100%. Well, let people know how they can find you, how they can connect with you. Yeah, yeah so Instagram, Alicia Sky, A L Y C E A S K Y E. Um, so that's my Instagram. You can message me anytime. Um, trying to think of anything else. That's really the way that people can connect with me. But gotcha. Yeah, other I'm than that, too. So, you know, you can, we can always connect. And, Instead of calls and stuff. Yes, ma'am. Other than that, we are about here. Thank you for your time. Thank we you. We are about here. Thank you so much. Yes.